Welcome to the Lead to Lead podcast. We believe that God is calling you to lead yourself and others with wisdom, intention, and humility. Join us as we chat through quick tips, skills, and ways to help equip you on your journey as a leader of yourself and others. Hey guys, welcome back to the Lead to Lead podcast. VJ and Doyle here with you. What's up, Doyle? Hey, VJ. How you doing? Great. Today we are talking about something that I, I'm surprisingly passionate about. And the phrase that Clear uses is choice architecture, which is a super hipster and awesome way to say it. But we're going to break that down, and the episode is called Place It, because we're going to place our habits, Doyle, in specific environments today. Okay. So, go ahead. You well, where are we going to place it? That's a great question. We're going to place it in places... I don't know. I don't know what that sentence was. Well, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think what it is, we're going to place it wherever... It helps us build the habit that we want to. We talked last time about stacking habits. Yeah. Okay, so now we're talking about, so what's the place where you're going to be most effective in doing that? So yep. I think that's what we're building on. Yeah, so choice architecture refers to uh, the fact that environment is often more important than motivation, right? That's actually what the chapter is called. So the quote is, people often choose products not because of what they are, Doyle, but because of where they are. If I walk into the kitchen and see a plate of cookies on the counter, I'll pick up half a dozen and start eating, even if I hadn't been thinking about them beforehand and didn't necessarily feel hungry. If the communal table at the office is always filled with donuts and bagels, it's going to be hard not to grab one every now and then. Your habits change depending on the room you are in and the cues in front of you. I think this is awesome. I think this is an awesome phenomenon in the human psyche, Doyle. Well, I think it's an amazing phenomenon because... It's not only the positive things that we may do depending on the place, but I was thinking about how if there's something that you really want to be doing, it's really important to consider what place it's in. I think, you know, for example, I mean, we talk, we're, we've talked about church and all that kind of thing, and I've heard people argue, well, you know, you don't need to have a church building in order to have church. Well, that's not exactly true. Or somebody will say, uh, it's not important to have a building because the church is just the people. Well, it's important to have a home too, but nobody wants to live under the bridge because that's called homeless. Right. Because place is important. Yeah. The four walls are not what makes a home, but the four walls are what helps contribute to the place. And so the place becomes important to building the habits. Absolutely. So listeners, I really want you to just, just think of that phrase, choice architecture for a second. So we're going to talk about how you are the architect, well, you, you can be the architect of your choices. And it doesn't, definitely doesn't always feel like that. But you can be the architect of your choices. And, I mean, for business owners and church leaders, you can also be the architect of choices that are available to your employees or your, your customers or your congregants by changing the environment that you do things in. So, I mean, this, it's, as, it's as simple as this. My TV right now is covered by a piece of artwork. Why? Because I didn't want to watch as much TV as I was watching. So now there's something in the way that I have to physically move to watch TV on a, on a big TV screen. And because of that change, it's, it makes it harder to do. It changes the environment of the TV room. And the result is I don't watch TV on that TV very much. Well, I was thinking about something else that's an example of this. You know, we're presently recording in your TV room, which is sort of like the study to your house. Yeah. And 
when we first started recording, we were recording in the back of a room at our church and not using the right um, instruments or right microphones for what we were doing, which yep. some of you could tell from the early podcast, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> and then we tried a different room, but the reality is we had to find the right place to do this. And yeah. we're getting there and yeah. hopefully, you know, give us feedback if it's working, but the place is important in terms of recording. And, and it's interesting when I walk into VJ's house where we're doing the recording, there's something that shifts in my mind mm, because yep. this is our recording spot. And that's exactly how choice architecture works. Right. I don't want to pass this up. It's in my notes before we move on to more of this. As a business owner or as a customer, impulse buying, right? You've heard of that term, right, Doyle? Yes. It, it's created by triggers, right? In the environment that you're in, like something being easy to reach or easy to see, right? The more obvious something is, the more likely you are to try it. Don't forget this chap. This section of the book is called Make It Obvious, right? So this is kind of the obvious part of it is when something's in front of you, regardless of where you are, you are more likely to pay attention to it or eat it or whatever. You're more likely to give that thing your attention. Well, and I, I love what Clear talks about, you know, in designing your environment for success. And you already mentioned the idea of covering up your TV. I think that's... Ingenious. I mean, it's a whole lot easier than the other suggestion, which is to move the TV. I've tried that. It's a. It's really a hassle. <laughs> yeah, that's a hassle because you got to unplug cables or whatever, um, or just create a whole different space. But I think there's some other examples. I like like putting your running shoes at the front door. Yeah, I love that one. Or back to the vegetable thing, putting the vegetables at the front of the fridge. Yeah, or the front of your plate, like you were saying. Or last the front episode. of the plate, and then. If you're needing to read a book and you're just putting it off, uh, putting the book on your pillow, yeah. which may not be the best idea because some people just go right to sleep as soon as they start reading the book. But the idea is, you get the idea. I mean, put the book somewhere where it's going to be something you think about. I should probably take some time to read that book. You know, the other thing with this, I would say that has to do with place is it's important to pick the right place to do things like reading a book yep. or having a quiet time in the morning, those kinds of things. Yeah. If you try to have a quiet time where the kids just played uh, video games the night before, uh, you're probably going to have some struggles. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't believe how much I actually use this. And, and my quiet time spot is is what reminded me of this. Uh, I I stack all of my morning books, my, my journal, my Bible, uh, a book of prayers that I'm reading for my daughter who's on the way. Um, all those things get stacked on a table in the quietest spot of our house in the morning, looking right out the window. And because it's a quiet place, it's been helpful. But also, Doyle, because I've been building habits in that place, that place now becomes more um, reflective and more relaxing, just being in that place no matter what part of the day I'm in. Right. So I was just going to say that. So it doesn't matter. It could be the afternoon. And if you need to have a time where you chill or just reflect a little bit and take some moments to just ponder something, I bet you, you find yourself going to that spot. Yeah. And that's where you sit just for a few minutes. Even for a few minutes, it makes a difference. Yeah. I think this is actually something that James doesn't talk about, but the place can change your habits. That's what he talks about. But mm -hmm. also the habits eventually can change that place, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Right? So like, like you mentioned with our little recording nook here, right? This place has changed a lot for me. It's become much more of an office and a workspace because of how we use it. And it's, it's a place where I can focus on work and get it done. That's really good. Yeah, so the place is what gives us the, the right cues. Yeah. 
That's really the big deal. It is. So here's another quote. He says, if you want to make a habit a big part of your life, make a cue a big part of your environment. Right? The most persistent behaviors usually have multiple cues. Consider how many different ways a smoker could be prompted to pull out a cigarette. Driving in the car, seeing a friend smoke, feeling stressed at work, and so on. So what I say is, is you can use the same part of that human psychology for good habits as well. You can craft your environment and be intentional to create cues all around you. Like, let's say you want to eat an apple a day, Doyle. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, not okay. only can put, you put the apple in the front of the fridge, but you can also create cues, whether it's sticky notes or, I don't know, I like to eat peanut butter with my apples, so maybe the peanut butter's out next to the fridge. Mm-hmm. Maybe the spoon's already out next to it. Right? I, I'm going on a rant here, but I eat oatmeal every day as my second meal. Right? And what I started doing is packing them in advance, which creates a cue for me at the beginning of the week that, oh, this is how my week is going to go. I'm going to eat these every day. Well, and this may sound crazy, but I know of some people, in order to stick to a particular diet, what they do is they, as a habit, they prepare their meals on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. They put them in a Tupperware container of some kind, and that's the one they take out every day of the week. Yep, because so, it's right there in front of you. It's right. easy you have to do the work in advance, but it's still easy, right? right? Which is on the on the the flip side of that is well, the donut at work is easy too. So you want to make something at home that's easy for you, so that you don't have to take the easy option later. Yeah, and let me give you another example. I just thought of. I have a, a granddaughter that just started a culinary school, mm-hmm. and it's so interesting when we walked into the school, just how her even her vocabulary began to change mm. when she saw some of the different classroom settings, which are obviously in a culinary school, not a bunch of desks lined up in a row, right. but they were around cooking tables. And all of the, all the students are wearing chef uniforms. And they're dressed up like they're working in a restaurant, even though they're students. But she immediately, her whole vocabulary changed because of that setting, because of that place. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, so there, there has, there's one more aspect of this. I mean, we've kind of touched on it, but I just want to really drive it home. And I'm not going to read a whole long quote that we have here. It just says, stop thinking about your environment as filled with objects, right? Start thinking about it as filled with relationships, meaning the relationship you have to certain objects. And so I just, well, this, this is something I've been actually, I've been doing this my, almost my whole life. But if there is something in your life that you don't want to, eat is the easiest thing to talk about. So let's just talk about eat. Right? If there's something in your life that you don't want to eat, where should that object not be, Doyle? It probably should not be on the coffee table where you're doing your reading. Sure. I mean, for me, the answer is it should not be in my, like, I don't, I don't have those things in my house. Right? Like, okay. there are certain things that I love that I don't want to eat. One, because I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> and two, because I, I enjoy being healthy. So, like, I love cannolis, but I don't want them in my house. Mm-hmm. I don't want them anywhere stored here. Right. There are just there are certain things like like potato chips. I don't really like that. Whatever. There are certain things that I don't want in my house, because if they're here, even if they're hard to get to, eventually I'm going to eat them. Right. So make the easy decision of just don't buy them. Right. That's the easy decision. And and Clear talks about uh, changing your your supermarket so that it's easier to make new food shopping choices. But maybe you're not the person who buys the food in your house. Talk to the person who buys the food in your house, whether it's your spouse or, you know, your mom, <laughs> and uh, say, you know, I don't, I don't want these in the house. I don't want to eat these anymore. Well, this sounds kind of silly, but Clear kind of alludes to this, too. But talking about eating, so let's say that you eat a bowl of ice cream every night yeah. as you're watching a television show. Ooh, yeah. And you sit in the same spot 
every night to eat that ice cream. Yeah. Do you realize that if you change where you're sitting, that somehow or another that bowl of ice cream won't talk taste quite as good? Believe me, it's true. <laughs> because it's about where you're sitting. There's something about the chemicals that get released, because you know me, I get off on that whole chemical kick in terms of what's going on, but the chemicals that get released and so on, you start feeling different. And so if you change the setting, all of a sudden it changes, well, you know, this ice cream doesn't taste that good tonight. And so just little nuances like that. It's kind of crazy, but it's true. It is. I hope we're not overkilling this, but it is It is really important. I feel like we we might have touched on things more than once in this podcast, but for good reason. So I, let's just, I'm just going to give you the summary one more time as we send you off. And guys, please just remember, this is just insanely important if you're, if you're trying to change your habits. Environment is one of the most important things you can change. So here's the summary for you. Small changes can lead to large changes in behavior over time, right? As long as you're changing, sorry, small changes in context. So changes in your environment can lead to changes in your behavior, right? Every habit is initiated by a cue we're more likely to notice cues that stand out, right? So if you make the cues of good habits obvious in your environment, there you go, you're, you're setting yourself up for success. Gradually, your habits become associated, not with a single trigger, but with an entire context like Doyle was just talking about, surrounding the behavior like the couch and the TV, the, the TV show. The context becomes the cue. So you've developed a whole bunch of cues that are merging together for a really, really strong habit, right? So it's easier to build new habits in a new environment because you're not fighting against dozens of built-up cues over years and years. All right. So change the environment to help you change the cues. Absolutely. Okay. We wish you all the best of luck in changing your environment and the best of luck in building good habits. This is the Lead to Lead podcast. This series on Atomic Habits is sponsored by Royal Oaks Counseling. Royal Oaks Counseling seeks to empower people through a biblical worldview to be set free of limitations in their lives caused by fear, anxiety, and doubt. This process includes challenging, comforting, and providing necessary tools for freedom to take place in their lives. Royal Oaks provides individual and family counseling and specializes in marriage counseling. Please visit royaloakscounseling.com or email info at royaloakscounseling.com for more information or to set up an appointment.